Cut my pie into pieces. This is my cherry tort. The Hi. difference between a tart and a tort is a tart can be savory and a tort is usually not. Doesn't that seem opposite of what you'd think? Because tart, things are usually, when they're tart, they're usually, there's a sweetness there to it. It's like sweet and bitter makes tart. Whereas, I just wouldn't describe tart as a, as a savory thing. Um, am I throwing you under the bus right now with this tart tort thing? It's Peas in a Podcast. A quote from a historical event. This is Peas in a Podcast. An all-new episode of the life-changing, earth-shattering, ground-breaking, funkifying, makeup-making, bunny-testing podcast, where we're going to explore your questions from Twitter later. Hello, welcome to Peas in a Podcast. That is our brand new, recorded, thoroughly planned out introduction Very produced, song. very, very, very produced. So produced, We man. may have sold out. Yeah, man. Uh, my, my name is Mary Doodles. My name is Dante Cimaramore, also known as Give Me Motion. That is beautiful. Uh, I hope you've had a wonderful couple weeks, Sweet Peas. We went on a bit of a hiatus, uh, but we were both hydrated and healthier we than we were in the past. Back to drinking tea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, feeling well, uh, rested. I don't know how in-depth you want to go into uh, the last couple of weeks, Dante. Uh, Let's what, go deep. Let's yeah. go there. That's what podcasting is for. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, we kind of got hit. Well, Dante got hit with um, food poisoning. I got hit with a few things. A few things. We're talking we, about... we both got hit with a few things. So, yeah, let's go over it. I'm talking about it chronologically for me. Mm, okay. Take yourselves back to two weeks ago. Three weeks, I think, at this point. Okay, our last podcast was the bedcast. I had trouble getting out of bed. We fell asleep. Flash forward three weeks. And we're back. But there's a few things that happened in between there. Uh, one of which was... Oh, gosh. <laughs> the last resort, the Paul Ryan last resort thing. Which I found to be very funny. That's my favorite. So I made a few videos about it on Twitter and Instagram, and I and which I very much enjoyed. I learned the song "Last Resort" for a hot second. Uh, I was very inspired by the happening because to think of Paul Ryan leaving a very official meeting with Congress people and limos and security guards, that he gets into his car, and you can hear "Last Resort" being cranked through muffled and muffling through this uh like bulletproof glass as he speeds off because he couldn't uh dismantle obamacare that is uh it's very funny it's very very funny it's i mean it's humanizing too in a way which i think is why it's funny i mean that's classic comedy of like somebody who is this untouchable uh political figure in a sense or you know some someone high status just like acting like a teenager, but it, it was a it was a hoax. Oh, it was a hoax. Oh yes, it was oh. very much a hoax. So Ugh. the fake news people uh, said that this was the case. You Russia, CNN, whatever you want to say, if it depends on whose team you want to be on, said that uh, it was not true. So someone like made it 
uh, I made a photo that seemed like the New York Times quoted this happening. And it was just Photoshop. It was just oh. someone's decent Photoshop skills making it look like it came from an official article. Yeah. But it swept the internet. That is amazing. And, uh, I love... Uh, pulled at my heartstrings. That is such a beautiful and modern uh, phenomenon now that has come up where like somebody makes a joke and then uh, everybody takes it seriously. I guess that's not new. I think that's that has historically happened in the past. If you go over... One of these days, oh, I would love to do a podcast I think the, episode. The, the, the amount of time it takes, that's what's new. The, the, oh, how quickly, how quickly. It, it goes out. Yeah, because um, there are some uh, articles, like newspaper articles, like in the past where they just like came up with whatever mm-hmm. and made up stories. And then that got taken down and recorded as actual historical fact and then later debunked like decades later, centuries yeah. later. Um, I would love to do a whole podcast on that. Fake well, it's news like, uh, from history. Uh, I think one of the, the biggest fake news headlines is, um, oh gosh, can't believe I'm, I'm Catherine the Great being boned to death by a horse. Oh yeah. Uh, that is, uh, <laughs> that's one of the great fake news articles of our, our species. TMZ is originally from Russia, apparently. Yeah. Uh, I think as I recall, it was a, uh, uh what's the word when you, um, Rumor. Propaganda. It was propaganda, propaganda that was put forth by Frederick the Great, who had a very much a beef with Catherine mm. at that time. He said some Sounds like Cather- words. Catherine had a beef, eh? Catherine. Good boy. Good boy. Catherine was, uh, she enjoyed her sexual things. I guess she wasn't unafraid of being sexual, and that's what kind of put her out there as like, Overtly sexual, given the time period. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, but Frederick the Great said some absolutely terrible things about Catherine that I can't repeat on this podcast. Hells yeah. Won't do it. I love that. Yeah, but there's some beef there. Oh, man. I've been, um, side note, I've been addicted to the podcast, You Must Remember This, mm-hmm. uh, which is an excellent historical podcast about um, Hollywood in the 20th century. So, like, you know... the. the They've done stuff up until the 90s, but um, recently they've been doing a mini-series within it uh, called Dead Blondes, where it's all about blonde bombshells who, and just like that tragic story arc of their lives. I just finished listening to the last one, which is about Barbara Payton, who I have, I had no idea who she was beforehand, um, but she was on this trajectory that would have like put her up at like a Jane Mansfield or Marilyn Monroe level of notoriety. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, But it's just awful how like she went from being Hollywood elite to she ended up like becoming a prostitute. And then her price as a prostitute slowly started declining till like she was like doing freebies for her pimp. It's a (laughs) tough place to be in. It's rough. Just don't do freebies Um, when you're in... You know, that kind of market. Yeah, but she she was another... It sounds like she was another one of those types that was like, I'm going to be sexual and have fun with it. Ah. Uh, yeah. But then that kind of... I don't know. It seems like there's a lot of things in there that went awry as so, they did back then. And so after that whole de- de- debacle, we'll call it. Debacle. Uh, somewhere around there, I also started listening to S-Town, which I want to talk about so badly, oh, but I yes. don't want to give any spoilers, and you haven't listened to it either. I have not. So I can't, we can't talk about it, but if, for those of you who have listened to S-Town, uh, what a phenomenal, interesting, 
topsy-turvy podcast uh, that I think is worth discussing. Feel free to discuss it on, on Twitter with me or whatever, because I am a fan. Uh, and I think, I feel like if everyone, I mean, it's one of those very uh, common things to say, if everyone listened to S-Town, there'd be like peace in the world. But I do think there is, uh, uh, without giving too much away, a certain... T- it just, it's just good. It just shows about microcultures and prejudices there and how they can be broken down or shattered by very uh, illuminated figures. Um, anyways, can't talk too much. Listen hmm. to a lot of S-Town. Interesting. Then after listening to a lot of S-Town, I made a lot of S-Town when I got food poisoning. Ah, uh, good segue. Our friends, the jackpots from England showed up. And, <laughs> and made uh, Dante sick. Yeah, they must have brought some kind of uh, scurvy English with them. English disease. English scurvy disease. English scurvy disease in their blood puddings and their tea. They probably got it from Liam and Ugh, brought it here. Liam. And uh, I was deathly ill. But then again, so was Alex, the singer of the Jackpot Golden Boys, who uh, who also felt... He, he apparently was sick too, but he was recording... While being sick, which so, is funny because I was delivering delivering your last rites. Yeah, while I was, was recording. I, <laughs> in in between using the bathroom, I was just sleeping. I couldn't. I would pass out after I was done using the bathroom. Then I wake up with the urgency to use the bathroom again. Yeah, I did that for about like sixteen hours. In all honesty, I no, I I feel like you had almost a solid twenty four hours of oh yeah, from bed to bathroom. Uh, that period of just being deathly ill, and I'm very glad you were chugging Pedialyte and water. Yeah, I knew that much. As best as possible. I, I was getting very close to calling my mom and being like, Wait, at what point do I seek medical help for this? I wouldn't um, have allowed it. I think I would have uh, I would have gone all the way. Oh, gosh, yeah. Uh, I, didn't need, I don't need medical help. I got Pedialyte. We no. got chicken soup and Pedialyte. We're going to be fine. Yeah. What did Although turn you me were, around? you were refusing to drink water for a while because you're like, no, it's just going to come back out. And I was like, that's what you want. Yeah. Get something in you. And if it comes out, it comes out. Yeah. I, don't, I wasn't loving myself. I wasn't loving what happened. No. Uh, you're a sick man. I was a very sick man. So deathly ill. Um, so that, that, yeah, that, and then that came back a few days later. The only thing that did fill my stomach after the initial nausea went away was bread, hmm. which I'm not much of a bread guy, mm-hmm. um, with the exception of croissants. I am, uh, um, I try to be gluten-free, I don't know, but I think I'm over that whole hocus-pocus, because it really doesn't hurt my, only rye bread <laughs> makes me feel a certain way. The point is, when you're sick, I don't think you can be picky. No. At all. And bread was what I needed, and yes. it worked yes. amazingly. Something simple and solid I loved to absorb. I it. Uh, the yeah. relief, the sweet spongy relief of bread. Oh my goodness! Do you do you think that was the worst food poisoning you've ever had, or do you recall having anything worse? I used to get food food poisoning pretty often as a child. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, there would be. I would eat like I think we we correlated it to red meat, and um, and then, and then we then like your mom just not cooking it. Hypothesized. <laughs> Well, like, because I got sick at a camp out with beef stew, and I got sick at burgers from Wendy's, and I mm-hmm. got sick at burgers from home, and I got sick at burgers from, like, TGI Fridays. And... Oh, wow. But it would be the same thing, about 24 hours, and uh, of certain kind of very nauseous, uh, what's that, what's noxious? Nausea? Noxious burp would come up for me, and mm. I'd be like, oh, my God, that's the burp of death. 
And then every time I experienced that, it would be 24 hours of like terrible vomiting. Really? Yeah. Gosh, your life. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, I, I've, there, there, I've been I mean, like there, a human garbage disposal. There it's is like, going to be a lifetime needs... movie about me. Yes. Played by Oprah. Definitely. <laughs> Oprah Winfrey is Dante Cimermore. In, I think it's the red meat. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I um, uh, was very sick. Very, very sick. Oh, I, I had to cancel a meeting with John Cozart, which I was very bummed to do. I was hoping to help him with some things, and uh, then he went off to VidCon EU, so yeah. hopefully... You have to take care of yourself. I guess. I well, I was... If I had kept the meeting, I would have <laughs> I would have pooped uh, all in over, the car. All over. While trying to park it. It would have been terrible. Oh, I don't think I've ever had a near-poop miss like that. And your poop experience? <clears throat> poop experience? In, in my poop experiences, in my food poisoning, I don't often get stomach sickness. When I get sick, it usually moves to my lungs. Yes. So I'm probably going to drown in my own fluid no, 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 baby, no. Uh, from like something like pneumonia. Oh, that's and you'll awful. just shit the bed. <laughs> what a lovely And that's how way. we're going to die. That's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I think the last food poisoning, the last time I got food poisoning, I think was ceviche mm -hmm. i don't That's know if right. it was something else that i had eaten because we had the exact same thing yeah but you were totally fine mm -hmm. i was having a night of it um and then the time before that it was salmon from lemonade Ooh. which is a uh shout restaurant out to lemonade. shout out to lemonade not sponsoring this podcast right now i like your truffle mac and cheese i like many of the things you make they they, they do a lot of good stuff uh yeah, it's a chain um, here in L.A. You can get, it's like a la carte, so there's just a bunch of stuff, and they'll dish it onto your plate as you mm -hmm. as you please. Um, but I did eat there for a meeting one time, and then I got home. I got awful food poisoning, and it was only the salmon that I threw up, which was impressive. It's like it all went into my stomach, all this jumble of different things, and then my stomach filtered it out. It was like, nope, the fish goes back up. Um <laughs> Which I was very proud of myself because, like, it came on strong. I went and threw up, and, like, the moment I flushed the toilet, there's a knock on the door. Morgan, our friend Morgan, popped by. He <laughs> was like, hey, how's it going? Oh, God. He's like, you have great timing, Morgan. Because I was just having a moment. I'm sorry about the ceviche. That didn't hurt me, too. Mm -hmm. But I do not want to be in this. I've never been in a situation where two sick people have to share the same bathroom. I was concerned about that. Yeah. That's that sounds awful. We only have one bathroom here, so. I mean, uh, that's what buckets are for. Yeah, we got a backyard. We do have backyards and buckets, but we, we can make do. And I, but I know I'm the one out in the backyard of the bucket. Yeah, because you're a gentleman and I'm a lady. I know. Mm. I know. <laughs> that Privileges. Yeah. Buy me dinner. Please don't rape me while I get into my car. I am living the life. And I am a representation <laughs> of the patriarchy, so yeah. here we go. Yeah. Stop taking our jobs. Um, Speaking of jobs, jobs, we gave you a job this, yes. this past few days, and that was to see whose legs were worn better, whose legs were the most impactful sans the T-Rex in Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yes. So I posted a useless quiz on our Twitter page. Uh we're going to glean no information from this. So it was Dr. Ellie Sattler, played by Laura Dern, versus Robert Muldoon, played 
by, is it Robert Hall? Hang on. I'm going to quick Google this. Oh, no. Robert Hall. Am I right? I think he wrote Robert Half. No. Robert, no. What's his name? It's Robert something. Just search Robert Muldoon. Okay. No, it isn't Robert something. Okay. Robert Muldoon actor. There we go. Thank you, internet. Bob Bob Peck. Peck. Close. He looks so English-Australian. Oh, yes. I remember as a child, his shorts made me uncomfortable. So I was certain Robert Muldoon would have won. His legs are fantastic. Mo- he has fantastic They're massive legs. soccer player legs. Giant soccer player legs. Although I will say, as a woman, Laura Dern's legs are the ideal that you want your legs to be at. And as a short girl, too, I remember like growing up and I did soccer and softball. So like I have thicker legs. I've always had thicker legs and like... That was always a thing where I'd just like look at it, the mirror and shake my head and be like, those aren't Laura Dern legs. Um, it's called thigh gap. Yeah. Hashtag thigh gap. I think, I, I don't believe uh, Laura, uh, Laura Dern's legs are the ideal in my personal experience. I think it's if you like... Wow, someone hates Laura Dern. People who... As an actress. It's just, it's just, a, it's just, they're fine. They're fine legs. I personally feel like Robert Muldoon's legs are better. Okay. I, I admire his legs more than I do. He's got some great muscle definition. Yeah, that's it. I guess the question is here, uh, from the view, like what view are you reading into this? Like as a uh, hetero female, mm-hmm. I feel like they're both beautiful legs, mm-hmm. but it's more like I would want Dr. Sattler's legs, but I would be attracted to Robert Muldoon's legs. Know what I'm saying? Yeah. As a as a hetero cisgendered male. Mmm. Uh, You're revealing that you're cisgendered. Yeah, I am today. Um, I'm proud. I admire Muldoon's legs because I feel like he put a ton of work into them. Not to say like that, that, Lord yes. Dern did not, but Muldoon like, like crushes buildings with those legs. He, yeah. So... Uh, I also admire it from like a standpoint of what is possible in leg definition. I think I'd look ridiculous with those kind of legs. His calves are the size of his neck. Here's the here's the funny thing about our our like our swapping here is that I couldn't have Muldoon legs because I actually have Laura Dern legs. And I actually have Muldoon legs (laughs) minus Ah. the definition. So that is, that's the truth. That's what you learned from the useless quiz. This is, this quiz was useful. 112 people voted on the quiz. It was a 24-hour quiz. Is that right? Yes. Everybody's vote counts. Uh, you guys changed the future of our country, only our country, and you've changed our minds. Yeah. Overall, which is. But I think it says a lot about people and, and like sexual, um, uh, I'm digging a hole now. I'm digging a hole. Uh, keep Can't going. I want to see where this um, goes. Not, well, uh, preferences is in the word. Uh, but, but, um. What did you hump as a child? Oh, and everything. Nice. Anything uh, and everything. <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely. I had the T-Rex toy. I and had it, the... And it growls when you squeeze it. Yes. Uh, I had the Velociraptor ones. You squeeze their legs and yeah. they go. Yeah. And I had the one that. Did you it hump it? Didn't growl. No. I did. You know I what? Mine. I had uh, Jeff Goldblum's action figure from Jurassic Park. Ooh. And Sexy. that 
I did not put it in me. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even suggest that. <laughs> it, 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 as a child, it never crossed my mind. But if that had been, no. I as an not... adult male <laughs> with access to the internet. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm pouring some soy milk into my tea right now. I thought you were just going to... Shout out to Liam. Drink uh, some milk straight from the carton. As a As someone who has seen many, many awful things on the internet... I would never have guessed you putting <laughs> a Jurassic Park figurine, figurine inside of you. That's um, that's next level love of Jurassic Park, which I love the movie. Don't get me wrong. I love the movie and too. And I love uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm. But I, I had such a crush on him too. He's great. Yeah, when he's like all like broken and his, injured, but his he's like, mind are <sighs> essentially Muldoon legs. You know what I mean? Like oh my god, his mind in Muldoon's body. Oh my god. But you know, <laughs> if I could have, if I could have T Rex's reputation, okay, with the Velociraptor's speed, okay, Doctor Ian Malcolm's mind, Muldoon's legs, and then hang out with Laura Dern. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Laura Dern's like. She'd be like, uh, uh, she'd be my, like your accomplice. Yeah. Like saying, your companion. Who's, like who's it, the guy that owns Jurassic Park? Uh, oh gosh. Um, blanking on his name. Robert. There's more. Oh, they're all, they're all named Robert. I think they're all something. named Roberts. Uh, there, there was Robert, Robert played by Robert. Yeah. Uh, there's Dr. She'd Grant. My, she'd be my companion. Your companion. Yeah. Like in, in Dr. Who, every... You know, every season he's got companions that come yeah. with him on yeah. adventures, and she would be your companion. Yeah. Especially because if you flash forward, Laura Dern, 2017, in Big Little Lies, oh. my goodness, woman, you're crazy, but beautiful. I love it. Dante and I are, we have two more episodes left so yes, far. We do. It is good. It's really good. It it's, is dark. The cinematography is stunning. It's like, the, it's like, how did you get all of those colors? into the scenes into the lights it's so beautiful there everything is like which washed over with a paintbrush and the acting is fantastic yeah too. it's the, like the the opening to portlandia yes but dramatic is. but super dramatic uh, not funny at all yeah and anytime it gets to uh nicole kidman and um guards uh that couple storyline is that what anytime i see them on the screen i just start cringing it's yeah. it's rough he's super cringy super. he does such a good job of playing that he's character he's so good at it yeah and she's amazing at yeah. like she she brings that story to life where it's like okay yes i can see how it would be hard because the whole time like from the outside perspective as the audience you're like screaming at the tv at least i am dante is being very patient with me but you're just screaming why why are you still here why are you doing this <sighs> I get it. Gosh, he's a super good dad. That's rough. Anyways, yeah, yeah, and the I, the editing in it is very beautiful. I do love how they kind of use those flashbacks, flash forwards to add punchlines or you know highlight certain parts of the story and certain character traits, as well as with um, Shailene, Shailene Woodley and her storyline. Uh, they really show how confused she is and 
and it just like makes all of her scenes and her storyline very chaotic. Um, and gives you a sense of that instability. Instability? Instability. Instability. Beautiful show. Beautiful Gosh. show. Yeah. Much recommended. I'm, I'm very glad that Watch was it, one. Watch we can talk we about it more. Pride in, too. Um, we have, by the way, some tweets from people. Tweets? Yeah. Uh, beyond the Twitter poll, which thank you very much. And if anybody has any other... Uh, useless quizzes or information that you want to glean from a useless quiz. Feel yeah, free to want, send our to, uh, suggestions to us. Uh, dip in the pool of humanity that mm. is Twitter via us to mm. find out your deepest wonderings. Yeah. Just tweet at us. Yeah. We'll get it done. Peas in a podcast. Heels, yeah. All right. So we got some Twitter questions too that there, there's a lot of people out there who have questions in life mm. and everything and we're going to help you out. So uh, this first question here is from Brett, uh, who asks, how do you gain the affection of a cat? You don't. They'll never give you affection. Mm. They are soulless, heartless, but licking monsters. Interesting. I would say in order to gain the affection of a cat, one must be allergic to a cat. Also true. That is that is very very. That is my experience. Anywhere I go, someplace, uh, the cats always approach me because they know that I'll start bleeding from my eyes. And they, but that's the which furthers my original point <laughs> that the only reason they show me affection is to torture me because they're heartless, soulless buttlickers. <laughs> soulless buttlicker. Uh... Yeah, we were just at a friend's house the other day, and like it was one of those cases where they're like, the cat never comes out and rolls around like this, but he must like, <laughs> he was like at Dante's feet, just like rolling on the floor, like, yes, I got my scent on everything. He's usually not this friendly. <laughs> he usually never comes around, but he seems to really like you. <laughs> they just want to infect you with their, what's it called? What's the cat disease called? Love. Nope. The mental cat disease? Uh, cuddles. Nope. Uh, it's got like a more of a technical term, like a very like a long Latin kind of term. It's like sterlindifolipus. Cat, cat's limpidivus. Dishwashi asks, my bedroom apartment really is full of bugs. They won't leave. What do I do? Ah, <laughs> oh, gosh. What do you do with bugs? I once had ants... Get out. I had an ant farm. You know, if you get a cat, cats sometimes hunt down bugs. Depends on the size of the bug, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you need to be like fairly decently sized bugs. Weird bugs, yeah. Like it's got to be like the size of a thumb. Mm, yeah. I guess, yeah, it depends on the kind of bugs that you're dealing with. So cats. But, yeah. Do you ever get like, I remember my first Chicago apartment is where I first encountered those long, flat, they're almost centipede-like or caterpillar-like. Silverfish? Bugs. Are they silverfish? Are they, they silver? And they have... No. No, they aren't silverfish. Um, But they're they're very caterpillar-like, mm-hmm. but like with a lot of little fluffy mm-hmm. legs, and they look very soft, and they're the exact same color as the floorboards, or they always look like a shadow, and they just like mm-hmm. float by. They go... I look up, I'm like, hello? Is someone there? And I turn around, and then behind me, <gasps> hello, Ashley, Catherine, <gasps> I'm armed. Okay, I know Taekwondo. 
Get out. Get out of my home. Yeah, I never liked those bugs. They're very creepy. Yeah. Um, yeah, dishwasher. I guess my advice is you can always burn the place. Before burning, though, you might want to try the option of... Uh, did, you, did you put something down? Baking soda? Is that supposed to disrupt both oh, paths? Oh, baking soda. Yeah, I have... Um, I've experienced ant problems in the past, and I just saw some ants in our place. They, were, um, were they in your pants? They were. Is that what you How had ant problems? How did you problem? know? <laughs> How did you know? Because that's where ants go to first. Oh, that's where I keep my jam. You should probably refrigerate it. So if you put down, uh, I believe it, it's baking soda. I mean, it is baking soda. That's what I did, so I hope that works. Um, but they can't physically cross that barrier. It's probably something satanic or chemical. Uh, but if you have ants oh, coming no. in. <laughs> oh, my God. If you, have, this? if you have ants coming into your apartment, put down a pentagram in baking soda, but like an ant-sized pentagram. Yeah. So you got to get like really tiny, like take tweezers and align like those, each those, granule. Those diamond cutter uh, glasses. Like, yes. Like uh, one of those big magnifying glasses. Like yeah, a, but it's like the monocle Smith. one that you have to like hold it with mm -hmm. your eye. Mm -hmm. So you like set it into your eye socket and just squeeze it with your eyebrows and cheeks. And you create a pentagram, do a couple Hail Satans, and you have no bugs. It's that easy, folks. You too easy. can be rid of all of your... Your your infestation vermins, your ow, psych like psychological. <laughs> I just set my elbow down really hard on the table behind me. That was before making pentagrams. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Brenda Evangelista asks, "Can you give any good tips to someone who wishes to grow an online presence, specifically within the arts?" Hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, in my time in, in YouTube, seen a lot of things. Uh, <laughs> seen a lot of seen things. Seen a lot of things. And I can't help but think, <clears throat> uh, this is going to sound super sexist, but it's just meant to be funny. Boob Women reviews? can't tweet. Boob reviews do very well. Boob reviews do do very well. Um, but that was a poorly worded, landed, executed joke. Instead, I'm going to uh, say with just clickbait titles work a lot if you just do a lot of clickbait yeah just like, lean on that one just like advertise one thing but never follow through with it uh make sure it's like very controversial yeah if you do regular youtube videos at least every fifth video should have a title along the lines of why i'm leaving youtube or yeah. my last video yep or, or goodbye youtube that's a good one too yeah, yeah. I think um, I'm dying. Ooh, yeah. 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 Cancer update. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Um, all caps. All caps. All caps. All caps. All caps or go home. Yes. Um, I guess on a serious note, uh, I would say, first and foremost, uh, create content and be consistent with it as far as quality and posting. Oh, and so hard. Um, and collaborate with other people on the internets. Mm -hmm. Content, consistency, collaboration. I, wow. I feel like those three things still ring true. Are you a multi-channel network well, provider? Can I take 10% of everything you make? Uh, I, 
I swear Everything? I do stuff. I swear I do stuff to help you. CMS. I don't know. Sounds like a good deal. CMS will be higher. Higher CMS. Um, no, I have uh, in the past, like, ha- people have asked me, hey, do you mind, like, shouting out my stuff or, like, giving me a bump, driving viewers to the things? And, and I do, like, then check it up and, like, see, oh, who is this asking me? Like, and I check their social media and there's almost no or even no content whatsoever on their page. And it's like, okay, so you want me to shout out something that you haven't even begun yet? Uh, let's not do yeah. that. Uh, I, I, yeah. And I know specifically to uh, Brenda Evangelista who tweeted, I know you do do stuff because I've seen your stuff. And you have, like, built up a following, and that's good. That's always a tough thing. Um, I guess, you know, once you establish yourself, once you start posting things regularly, if people are interacting with what you're posting, if they're commenting or replying, interact back, you know? Like, communicate and reach out. And, uh, you know, the people who are following what you do, even if it's, like, five people... You know, you get one stranger in there, you know, ask questions, interact, and, like, they will be with you for a long time. You know, they, I think they'd appreciate that. You know, and, and your audience is uh, a very great resource for helping to fuel that fire, to stoke the flames and, like, give you ideas. And it doesn't hurt to, like, reach out and ask, hey, what do you want to see more of? Or what do you like? What do you like about this? Like, any ideas? challenge me you know open yourself up to challenges from people uh and i think that helps out to it may not bring in thousands of uh followers on whatever platform you're using but it will galvanize those who are watching and listening or whatever and i think it'll keep them coming back and it'll keep them interacting and therefore you know you'll be more discoverable and uh and they you know they tell their friends their friends tell their friends kind of thing um, and collaboration helps out a lot you know introducing yourself to somebody else's fan base and followers uh and introducing somebody else to your fan base and followers sharing is caring yeah goes both ways yeah i wish i had i had more to say on that yeah. i feel like i've done a terrible job with my own youtube channel <laughs> And that could be four podcasts worth of uh, bemoaning, but I'm not going to do that. Dante's Failures, episode one. (laughs) Still trying, though. Made new stuff. I'm going to put it out. It's going to be cool, but I have to deal with the wave of people who will be unsubscribing from my channel once I do that. Uh, Because they're just like, who's this? Why am I subscribed to this? And, uh, you know, it's just, but it's a part of the game. I'm looking forward to uh, a new platform, though. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to. I'd love a fresh start somewhere. Um, anyways. That's interesting. That's a, that's a tangent. I but, feel like uh, a lot of people in the circles that I loll around in um, are LOL. in this... LOL. LOL. Uh, a lot of people are in, like, a transitional phase. Or, like, everybody's wanting to do something different or recreate restructure uh reorganize mm-hmm. i'm feeling that same way too yeah I, so, I mean i think it's a natural human thing yeah yeah well i'm looking at you know six years of doing 
time-lapse videos on YouTube primarily, and then there's been other specialty videos. And what I've learned long ago and I'm just now acting on is the fact that the weekly time-lapse videos are taking time and energy away from creating those specialty things that were awesome. Uh, so when people are like, oh, are you going to do this another thing that is so special? I'm like, yeah, I want to, but, you know, busy with the grind <laughs> of just the time-lapse art. So I don't think I'm going to put that to bed entirely, but I think I'm in a place now where I feel comfortable pulling back on that. I have a massive library of time-lapse art, uh, and now I just want to, you know, challenge myself to new things. I fully endorse this. Yeah. And, like, bring new things. Who wants to watch the same thing for six years? Yeah. Ten years. I think yeah. I think when we were starting off and everything was so fresh, uh, everyone was so focused on consistency. And for a good reason. It did work. And yes. it will always work for everyone who's yes. just starting out and doing things. But I do think there's a limit to that. Yeah. I look at even, like, The Simpsons. Like, even though I, I feel it's the general consensus that people don't want to hear from The Simpsons anymore. You know what I mean? They're yeah. not, like excited to see what the simpsons have to say there definitely is an audience watching it that i feel like that's like the same phenomenon as the international movie market oh okay you know where people you you see some things get made you're like who's watching this uh but there's like a whole international market that absolutely they love it they, they will yeah they love it and it's new to them and therefore it's like and and the continuation of therefore is uh uh, it's just it's beneficial to them that they, they they relish in it yeah so so yeah so we never got this far where all these all the the stuff that happened with youtube at that time now you know six years has elapsed and everyone's like so now, so what? now what do we want to do yeah yeah do we want to do the same show over and over again uh or do we want to move on to something different i think this may be a total lie. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like I heard something about Tinkerbell at Disneyland. So in Disneyland, they do, uh, at the e in the evening, they'll do a fireworks show by mm -hmm. the magical castle thingy. Um, magic castle. Cinderella's magic castle. Magic castle. I think is. Uh, so there's a fireworks display and this finale of Tinkerbell, who is like a woman rappelling down this zip line. You know, and she's all lit up. I swear somebody's told me that that is the same woman and she's been playing that role for like decades or something. Again, this could be a total lie, but just the idea of that kind of like makes me stop and think. And it's like, oh, do I want to be playing the same role for that long? I mean, so for yeah. some people, it's not a problem. Yeah. But yeah. for me, like YouTube is the longest thing I've done yeah. You know, I've, like, done jobs for, I think, two years had been the max. Uh, and then, like, YouTube came along. And so I've been doing this thing. And, yeah, I'm kind of ready to, like, switch it into a different gear. And, of course, that brings up, like, the fear of, like, are people going to want to make the change? And I know, like, there's some people who are just discovering it. And, like, no, I'm, I'm just getting into what you're doing. And then there's going to be people who just aren't interested but then there's also i know a lot of people who are probably losing interest and mm -hmm. you know i there are some youtubers and channels that i've followed for a while and you know i've after a while it's like okay it's the same thing yeah, okay it's the same thing it becomes repetitive and i stop clicking in yeah it's a fine line of 
I guess consistently showing up when you can, you know, in at least a chunk of time that says you can break it down even into seasons to say, I'm going to show up for the next 20 days or the next 20 weeks, whatever it is. Uh, but at least you're going to show up. Doesn't necessarily mean you have to do the same exact thing every single time. Yeah. But uh, I think you, you, give, you should give yourself and it gives people the opportunity yeah. the artist to, to, to change things. So stay on the toes. Yeah, stay keep them on their toes. And um you can tune in every Monday I post a new video. Uh this upcoming Monday is gonna be a glutton video where I eat two whole pizzas and three things of pad thai over the course of three hours. You had me super convinced that was going to happen for a second. I was like, is she, is she really <laughs> she really promoting her channel right now for something? I was like, what's gonna be different? What's happening? I'm changing gears. A gluttony video? Yeah, I'm trying a new genre. Aha. Getting into like the burping videos or... Cake sitting? Cake sitting. I'm going to do so much cake sitting. It will be balls. Yeah. Frosted balls. About that. Oh my goodness. Um, Do we have time? Because I think we do. To we do. Do an email that we got uh, at the end of last month. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is from Brett Allen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't gotten to read the whole thing, but you know... We did get an email with some questions and sharing and caring of thoughts and feelings. So I thought we would honor that and I'd read it. Great. Um, so Brett Allen says, oh, actually, I should see if I shouldn't be reading the name. We can <laughs> oh, edit God. it out. Okay, cool. We can edit things. We can. We can go beep. I don't, I don't like editing. because Smithy like Mick, Smith, Smith. It's, it's not in the true podcast spirit. Dante has principles. I have principles for podcasting. And it's, it's either your, your, your show is highly edited and that's why it's enjoyable, or it's not edited and that's why it's enjoyable. And ours is 95 point, no, ours is 97% not edited. Well, like clip out the beginning and the end. Yeah. Where like, I'm like, and that's our show. Boop, boop, boop. Something racist, and Dante's like, "Oh, no, 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 no." And that's my job. Thank you. That is my job. You make me look good. Hello, Mary and Dante. In the last episode, you guys briefly discussed the topic of feeling guilty for no apparent reason. This is something I've had happen to me a lot recently. I'm always assuming that other people, especially adults, are assuming the worst of me and my intentions. This is especially true... Oh, that was like in the bank. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no. uh, This is especially true after the following incident. Recently, I was biking, and I noticed that although I bike over this one bridge every day, I never stop and appreciate it. I do that all the time, too. As you should with all bridges, you should stop and appreciate the bridge. <clears throat> I'm adjusting the laptop so that I'm closer to the mic. Uh, recently, oh, da, 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 da. Now I've lost my place. Dante was signaling to me to move toward the microphone. I finally sat under the bridge and began listening to the podcasts and throwing stones in the shallow creek. Not very long after, I see a man, probably in his mid-twenties, crouching down and looking at me under the bridge. After he notices me noticing him, he asks if I'm homeless, to which I respond, no. I was just biking and wanted to stop under a bridge. Immediately after he finds out I'm not homeless, his next assumption is that I was under the bridge to smoke pot or that my parents are horrible drug addicts and I'm running away. 
This went on for a while until I convinced him to leave me alone and I biked away, making sure I went the opposite way of my home so he didn't try to come check on me. Even though I did nothing wrong, this left me feeling guilty and paranoid that everyone who sees me thinks I'm up to no good, especially when I'm biking or walking in an unfamiliar place. I still have trouble walking past that bridge because I feel like the police are going to jump from behind a stop sign and arrest me against all my pleas on innocence. I guess my question is, how do I combat feeling guilty for no reason? How do I stop assuming that other people are assuming terrible things of me? Help me stop this endless cycle of assumptions. Awesome. Uh, Thank you for your email, Brett. I sympathize and I don't know how old you are, but I do know that age uh, when you're like in high school and a young adult, sometimes you do feel guilty just moseying around. Yeah. Um, I never really got into trouble. My sister was one of those people though who hung out with the kids who were known to get in trouble and mm-hmm. therefore she was on the list. So anytime she was hanging out downtown, just like by one of the many bridges we have or mm-hmm. by the fountain, you know, the police would always slow down and look extra long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that continued into her adulthood where, you know, she'd be going to her car and they'd be hassling her as to whether she's been drinking or stuff like that. It sucks. It sucks. I don't know. Thoughts, Dante? It reminds me of a story in mantra that I have that, uh, my friends would make fun of me for, but I don't think weed should be illegal. That's exactly what the story's about. (laughs) Uh, so when I was... 13, 14, 15, somewhere around there. Uh, we were like, you know, smoking cigars and drinking beers and then smoking pot eventually. And so uh, you could say we were doing something wrong. However, at that age, even at like 14 or 15, I had a very strong con- conviction that there's nothing wrong with smoking pot, that it was absurd that it was illegal and that therefore I should not feel guilty for doing it. And in fact... The only reason that we're ever going to get caught is because we are acting guilty. So if we like we're hunched over and we're looking around a lot and we're like shushing each other a bunch and we're like behind a dumpster, like all these things point to the direction of you are doing something wrong. I know it's not really answering Brett's question, but I'm going to keep rolling with it right now. But so I said to my friends and they made fun of me constantly for this. As I said, it's not a crime. All you got to do is think that it's not a crime, mm-hmm. and then it's not a crime. And they're like, you're an idiot. That's ridiculous. Of course it's a crime. Look at Dante. He thinks it's not a crime. That's stupid. And I, I, I maintain it's all in your head. And therefore, if you act guilty, you're going to look guilty. Therefore, someone's going to assume that you are doing something that is guilty. Cops get called, etc. Yeah. But if you smoke something in the open, in a, in a cavalier nature, uh, no one, just no one's going to stop you. You know what I mean? They have to they have to get close enough to smell it. And then they even if you're if you're faced with someone who's doing something with such confidence, most people don't even want to interact with that person because they already have like this kind of chip on their shoulder as they as they're walking along. So it's not worth your time. If this person doesn't feel guilty, there's nothing to say guilty uh things to. Um and, and now pot is legal in and California. And now pot's totally in California. Because Dante just acted other states. natural. And I, I maintain my innocence through all of that. And uh, because it will, cause we are learning how absurd it is to throw yeah. someone in a cage for smoking a plant. Yes. Anyways, 
Uh, so basically what Dante is saying, uh, Brett, stop smoking pot under the bridge. Okay, we know okay, what so, you're so, doing. So, so Brett's not doing anything wrong though. So I, what I'm saying yeah, totally, is, like, is that when you stop underneath the bridge and some guy asks you what you're doing, and I understand it's hard if you are younger and it's, uh, you have this older guy who's like pestering you, Yeah. but you, but you will learn to develop this confidence that, that says, uh, I'm trying to say this without saying the word I want to say. Uh, uh, that is none of your business. Yeah. It's none of your business. Yeah. So I could be down here, uh, like, like creating small lands upon which I've built a small community of rocks and I'm setting them up or I'm building one of those, what do you call those rocks that you set up in places? Mm, it's just stacks, just stacks of, of rocks. rocks. Yeah. You know what I mean? People do that. It's a form of art. It's like, I feel like it's kind of like it's a, thing. a mandala of some sort. It, it's almost like saying, so-and-so was here without vandalizing something yes. and writing it up down and with and making it anonymous too so like but you know it's like putting a, a print somewhere in the world yeah um yeah there that is a special skill uh regardless of what age you are because there's plenty of adults and like elderly people who uh have are don't have that skill of like being able to stand their ground and like Stand for yourself. I would like to think I'm that person, but honestly, if I was in that situation under the bridge and somebody starts quizzing me, I, you know, it puts you on your heels. You're on the defense. You're answering questions. You're having to justify. Um, so I guess it's it's helpful to mentally prepare yourself uh, and envision, visualize yourself in that situation. If somebody's coming over and quizzing you, thinking you're up to no good, and you have every right to be there, you're not doing anything wrong. Be prepared to fire back with some questions politely. You know, somebody's like, oh, are you homeless? No, I'm not. You can ask them, do you live around here? Like, what what, what stakes do you have? Because maybe that person does have a backyard connected to the bridge. Maybe there have been problems lately. Um, you know, and like, you can ask back. I think, I think the primary thing that Brett is dealing with, though, is the social anxiety. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not even about the guy, necessarily... It's not even about the bridge. Yeah. It's like still this 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 lurking feeling that you have to justify yourself. Yes. Uh, and I think with time and practice, and this particular practice I have done in the past and I like to do from time to time, is purposefully go out in public and do something stupid. Like like something that, that makes you feel foolish or like that puts you out a little bit farther than you're comfortable usually going. Yeah. Like if, if that could be like wearing a different color sock, like start there, you know, like don't match your socks or wear your hat funny or don't do your hair or like um, wear a very bright t-shirt that you wouldn't usually wear. But incrementally. Just eating a baguette. Yeah. It's like, it's like practice performance art in your waking life <laughs> just to see how far you can push it. Cause once you get comfortable with the, uncomfortableness with the inherent uncomfortableness of doing something different then you can start to test the limits of how much uh that that you that really you're now in control because you can be absurd as you want to be and and the more confidently you do it you'll see that no one wants to really bother you about it no one's going to do anything because you're the one who's now setting the tone for whatever's going on yeah so it just takes practice and it takes reassurance and and i hope and i know that you will eventually feel okay with yourself so that you can stay underneath every bridge and when someone asks you if you're homeless you can be like nope are you and that's and that's 
you just have the confidence to be yourself. Yeah. Well said. Well said, Dante. Yeah. I mean, sympathies, I, I feel like there's like so many X factors in that too, as in like Los Angeles, there's plenty of characters doing way worse things. Oh my God. Like in broad daylight on the street. It's amazing. So you can get away with a lot in a big town versus a a small community. And then age and gender too. Like men and young boys, I feel like have a harder time just hanging out under a bridge or the alley behind our house. There's... Men have a very hard time just hanging, hanging out, out under, under bridges. bridges. With young boys, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Women who do it are just asking for it, but yeah. men, you know, get vilified. Uh, but yeah, there's like you know, group of kids that hang out in the alley behind our place, and you know what? I've been guilty of peeling back my curtain and being like, "What are they up to now? Yeah, where are their parents? It's a school day. It's a school day." I want to I want to follow up with another story on that. Oh my goodness! Because these same kids that I was also guilty of, <gasps> what are they doing? Why are they out there? You old manned them. No, well I I even I like super old man them. You so, became a sixty year old man before my eyes. I I, I want to see if we're talking about the same thing. Uh, okay. <laughs> I went out there, and uh, they had they had like taken a shopping cart and like a car seat and just like thrown it in the middle of the, the alleyway where all these cars have to, have to park. Now, oh, but it's fun. I could, I could have either have like yelled at them and said like, what are you doing? Like, I'm going to tell your parents or whatever. Or a newspaper, Adam. So, but I did the first thing I'm not so proud of. I went out there and I walked up to them with my phone and I just took a few pictures of them and recorded them right, right See, up in their face. now you're the pervert. Uh, sure. And... <laughs> Uh, they're like, what are you doing, man? And I'm like, I'm taking a photos of you because you're here in the alleyway with this chair and this thing. And like, and it should probably go back to wherever it belongs. And they were like, kind of like, you know, they're like upset. And then they like walked away. And then they were out there again. I went back inside and they're out there again. And I realized what would I would, how would I want the scenario to go if I was them? Yes. So yes, I went yes, back yes, out yes, yes, and yes. they like got all weird and like, you know, we're definitely like, man, this, this dude's coming out here again. And I was like, hey guys. Uh, I'm, I did the same, I did worse stuff when I was your age. I like was was like throwing shopping carts off of cliffs and stuff. Uh, so I understand the need to do this, but just, just clean it up afterwards. That's all I care about. You know what I mean? I got to drive here. A bunch of other cars got to drive here. Feel free to play here and and like, like break things here as much as you want. Just try to like leave no, leave no signs after you're gone. That'd, That'd be great. And they responded to that. They did clean up after them, and I've yeah. never seen them since. Yeah. And so... Because uh, they're like, I don't want to run into that guy again. He was, he was way to too down the earth. Lessons. He was way too down the earth, and he talks a lot. Yeah, and he, he was all like, hey, can I buy you your first beer? And it's like, dude, we drink it all the time and bang girls. Like, stop it. I Stop it, old man. That's the line. I don't draw. I don't go past. I don't pass that line. Nah. No, but the, I, I think that's a great point of uh, remembering to speak to people as you would want to be spoken yeah. to in that set situation, whether you are Brett hanging out under the bridge or the person quizzing Brett as to why he's hanging out under the bridge. Yeah, I just I don't think we should be combative to people like no, that, so, even though to. I tend to be. But yeah. you, you just, but you, you can confidently state like, I'm underneath a bridge. Yeah. And like cycle that and you take a moment to cycle that in your mind and be like, there's nothing wrong with this. Yeah. 
I'm not doing anything wrong. Yeah. And you don't have to fight back. You just need to stand your ground. Yep. Yeah. Well, we solved that problem in yeah. the world. What should we solve next week? Well, I think world hunger. That'd be great. That'd be good. Okay, I'll put that on the to-do list. Um, there's probably going to be a presidential scandal or something like that. Thank you very much, Sweet Peas, for listening. Um, we do weekly podcasts. We're back. You can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. You probably already have. Um, Leave us a nice review on iTunes. Rate yes. us on iTunes. That would help yeah, super we'll read extensively. The, we'll read the reviews. We'll read your reviews. Whatever it is. Yeah. We will read we'll it. We'll read it out loud. Oh, yeah. Uh, and if you want us to do a voice, just make a note of that. Yeah. Uh, and if you have any questions or anything you want to email us, you can do that at podcastpeas at gmail.com. And all the social medias, we are Peas in a Podcast. That's Instagram, Twitter. Facebook. 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 Peas in a Podcast. The Peas in a Podcast. Sorry, that's, dishwashing. That's, that's all we do. <laughs> We're offending everybody. And, uh, um, yeah. Great, and you can find me on all the things. I'm at Mary Doodles. I'm at Give Me Motion on all the things. Yay. And, and until uh, next time. Oh, I booked a show in New York City, June 16th. And we're out. <laughs> June 16th, New York City. More dates to come for the Give Me Motion Extraordinary Tour. Okay, sorry. That sounds extraordinary. <laughs> and Gerard, Gerard Depardieu. Depardieu.